Thank you for joining us today on the Reach Community Church Podcast. We hope this week's message encourages and blesses you as we dive into God's Word together. Our mission at Reach is to see lives changed by Christ together in community by loving God, loving people, and reaching our world. We'd love to have you join us next Sunday. You can learn more about our mission at reachcommunitychurch.com. Well, good morning. Uh, I'm Heath. If you've not met me, I'm the lead pastor here at Reach, and we're in the middle of a series preparing to go to two services, which is going to start on the 10th, and we'll... Um, you'll see some stuff on social media. You'll see an email go out to remind you of that so that you don't show up really early or really late for a service. Um, we're moving our service times to 9 a.m. to t- and 10.45. So you will have two options. Hence why we're calling this opportunities and options. We're, we're creating options so that it gives people opportunity to connect uh, and serve, which is one of the reasons why I've been teaching what I've been teaching for the last few weeks and what we're going to be in for another week until we get into the 10th. So I want to thank all of the people already uh, between our first, or, or what we call Pizza with a Pastor, first step that we did last weekend, and for um, those that have signed up already, um, kudos, because uh, we have gotten lots of volunteers um, leading into two services, because just like we said, uh, we will need extra bodies to do that. Uh, and I will say, and I've said this almost every Sunday, um, you may feel like, well, man, it's not really my gifting to greet. Now, if you're an introvert that never talks, like that's probably not your ministry. Um, but there's lots of things that you can jump in to do that you don't even know what that'll mean for us as a church and for you. And I've said this in our own testimony, in our own story um, my wife and I started attending a church, the church that planted us here, with no aspirations to be in ministry, with no aspirations to you know, be on uh, staff at the church. We just served. And our first serving opportunity uh, was in a fifth grade um, Sunday school. And so I just want to encourage you. You have no idea what God will do when you just decide to step into something to serve. And, and what we're going to see today in the text is Jesus is going to demonstrate to us that there is nothing above you. So if you think, well, like I, you know, I'm more skilled than that, I'm more of a gifted teacher, maybe you're looking at some of these opportunities to serve thinking, man, I'm, I'm better than that. Uh, and I just want to say to you, to your face and to me, that you're not. Um, and Jesus is going to clarify that for uh, as we go. So if we're going to spend time talking about serving and being the church... Uh, God called us to be, we, we have to look at the right source. Because if you just have me tell you what you should do, and if you come in here every Sunday and you listen to me hoping that I'm going to give you everything that you need, um, I'm sorry, that, that's not going to happen. There's no one that can preach 51 times a year uh, and give you everything you need. I don't care how many years that you go into it. This, this is not the buffet that you come and get all the spiritual food that you need to last you for the whole week. This is just a place that we stir in you a hunger to pursue God, which is why we offer some of these groups like Experiencing God, because one of the greatest things that we can learn to do is learn to hear His voice. Because when we learn to hear His voice, we get an option. And the option is, do we listen or do we not? 
So if we don't ever learn, and this is not a, an opportunity for you not to take the class, because once you know, you know, but um, we should want to know his voice because his voice is the one that we can listen to and walk in obedience even when it isn't exactly what we want. See, the great thing about Jesus is that it almost, he almost always, almost always teaches. Now, he does historically. He demonstrates what he's talking about. So that's part of what the parables were. That's part of what he did. He showed us over and over again. So when, as we look at the gospel, as we look at how Jesus interacts with people, we see Jesus interacting uh, with people that were very below his status. In his day and age, to be a religious leader like he was, a rabbi, they wouldn't associate with the lowly, the dirty, the sinners, the other people. I mean, he get constantly gets berated for who he hangs out with. But he demonstrates to us what that looks like. See, in the gospel, in Christianity, there is no do what I say and not what I do. That's what's wrong, really, with the church today. We have a lot of people saying this is what you should do with no desire in their own lives to do that thing. Come on, parents. I mean, it. Um, when uh, my children... <laughs> We're beginning to drive. We have two that have driver's license. Have one that's like a year and a half away, and it's it's not that bad. Someone asked me like, "Do you worry all the time?" No. Like here, my philosophy is I don't worry about nothing until someone calls me past eleven o'clock, and then I get scared. But all the other time, I just cannot think about it. But like I was very aware as I was helping my children learn to drive and telling them what they should do, they would point out to me that I wouldn't do the very things that I told them they should do. Like. Oh, so you go over the speed limit. Well, how many miles over the speed limit is acceptable? Oh, you didn't use a turn signal there. Oh, you didn't. I mean, and like, I'm just telling you, if you're not aware of this, and if you have young children, they're watching you. And they're not going to do what you say. They're going to do what you do. And so if you're angry with how your kids are turning out, and I'm not saying this is 100%, but for the most part, some of it is because they've watched your inconsistencies and they went with the other side. Uh, my pastor uh, back home, he said this to me one time when I was a youth pastor. He says, what you do in moderation, your kids will do in excess. See, what, what your kids see you doing, your character flaws, your other things, they'll model that out for us. And so today, we want to look at, I just hit 10,000 steps on my watch, just let me know. Look at that. <laughs> Woo! See, if you, if you do setup team, that's what you get. That's what you get. You come, you get to walk all over this building, you get to get steps in. The short of today's message is go low. And I'm about to talk about, uh, and I'm not getting ready to talk about fighting dirty in the boxing ring and hitting below the belt. Um, we're going to talk about a story that you've probably seen awkwardly. If you've, if you've been in a church long enough, you've seen someone. And I'm not pulling anybody up here and washing anybody's feet. Let me just tell you. There's no bowl that's coming out. Um, I, I don't plan on doing that. Not that I wouldn't do it, but I'm just not going to. Um, so before we get into the word, uh, let's pray. Uh, Dear Heavenly Father, we're going to look at you today. And I pray that we wouldn't look at you through the gospel, and just think of it as a story. But we would look at it through the lens that our Creator who spoke us into existence, that dreamed us up before we took a breath, that has purpose and plan for us, 
showed us what it means to get down to other people's level and help clean their feet. And Lord, I pray that the implications of what we see in your text today would be rooted in us. That we would no longer let pride and arrogance and our um, status of what we think we are keep us from serving you right where you need us to serve. So Lord, let your word speak today as we look at you and your actions. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. There's two lessons to be learned from today's message. One is that real leaders lead from a place of humility and service. Any leader that you follow that isn't, any Christian leader that you follow that isn't willing to serve, that isn't willing to be humble, you probably shouldn't follow. Because this is our leader. Jesus said to pick up our cross and follow him. He didn't say pick up our cross and do what you think is right or do what you think is acceptable. He said pick up your cross, deny yourself, and follow me. And so Jesus is getting ready to demonstrate what that actually looks like to his disciples. Another thing that you can, be, you can learn a lesson from today is that we need to help each other keep our feet clean. I'm going to talk about what that means as we get into the text today. Uh, last words are really important, hopefully. Hopefully the last words that you speak, if you know that they're your last words, you're probably going to make them as meaningful as possible. You're going to lace them with as much love and, and hopefully truth and things that you want people to know. And Jesus was in the midst of telling his disciples, having the last conversations, the last teachings that he was going to have with them in these moments. And he takes time in the middle of that to do what we're going to read today. We're going to pick this up and we're going to be in John 13. We're going to go through 20 verses, uh, verses 1 through 20. I'm going to start with verse 1. It says, now before the feast of Passover, which is awesome. Uh, I mean, there's so much stuff laced in what's going in the Bible. So Jesus, if you're unfamiliar with the Old Testament Passover, um, it is a remembrance of what God did for the people of Israel as he brought them out of Egypt. They, there was the last curse that was going to come over the people. It was going to kill the firstborn. And God told them that if you sacrifice the lamb and you put its uh, blood on the lentils of your door, that he would pass over. And he would pass over the sin. He would pass over and not take. You wouldn't have the penalty of that. You would pass over that. And Jesus was getting ready to become the last Passover lamb. He was getting ready to be the sacrificial blood that would set us free, those who believe in it. And our judgment and, our wrath, and the wrath of God would pass over us. And, and he's getting ready to go to the cross. He's having his last Passover meal with his disciples then. It says, And when Jesus knew that the hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given him all things into his hand and that he had come from God and was going back to God, 
See, the beauty of this is, and this is, I think, probably the most crucial thing after saying yes to Jesus is making sure that your identity is correct. Most of our issues, most of your issues, most of my issues come when our identity doesn't line up to who Jesus says we are. See, right here, Jesus didn't miss a beat. He did exactly what the Father did. He, he was going to the cross because his identity and who he was to the Father was secure. Knowing our identity matters. See, Jesus was not confused about who he was and what his mission was. Another good reason to know and learn the voice of God. Verse 4. <clears throat> And he was going from God and coming back to God. He rose from supper and he laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, he tied it around his waist. And when he had poured water into a basin, he began to wash his disciples' feet and wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. See, some of us, we've, you know, this has been flannel boarded. We've seen videos on this and we're thinking we, we, can, we can picture in our head. We can think about this, and we, we, we cut out the idea that this job would only be done by the lowliest of servants. You know, it talks about when Jesus said he went into other people's houses and they did not honor him by giving him water for his feet to be cleaned. It wasn't that the host of the party would get down and wash Jesus' feet. It was just something that they would offer and usually it had been offered that the slave or the lowest servant in the house, that would be the person who did it. Because it was a dirty, disgusting job. Um, I mean, your feet may stink right now with the socks and shoes that you have on, but they didn't have these nice leather boots with nice, comfortable socks um, with moisture wicking. They didn't have any of that. They had sandals. And as much as we talk about pollution and what exhaust comes from cars, they didn't have any of those either. They had these other um, powered mechanisms. They were called animals. And animals um, didn't say, hey, boss, let me go over to the outhouse and make a deposit. No, they would just do it right in the road. And, and that was where everybody walked, where all the poop and pee was. And you're like, oh, why are we talking about this in church? Because this is what was on the feet of the disciples. And this is what Jesus was willing to get on the floor to clean off. He was going to take the lowliest of positions to show his, and we're going to see this, he was going to show his disciples what he was going to require of them. Verse 6, he came to Simon Peter. So he's already washed a couple of disciples' feet, and, and Simon Peter, Peter had been watching this go on, and he's getting... Nervous, because he's getting ready to open his mouth. Uh, and Peter's going to say some things, and then regret saying some things, and then say some other things, which is pretty much what Peter does. Uh, so he came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? <laughs> I mean, he's already washed a couple people's feet, and he just wanted to clarify, and Jesus answered him, what I am doing, you do not understand now, but afterwards you understand. And Peter said to him, you shall never, never wash my feet. Hey, when you're going to go with it, you just go with it. 
You didn't just say, hey, he didn't argue with him. He didn't like say, can you explain this theology to me of what you're doing and what you're going to want me to do? He wasn't thinking Jesus is going to make me do this later and I don't want him to start with me so then I don't have an excuse of why I don't do it later. He understood, because remember it was Peter when Jesus asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? He said, you're the Christ, you're the Messiah. And, he, and Jesus tells him, on this rock, I don't, I don't know, even though Peter's name is also rock, I, I believe, which I think this is a very easy belief, um, I believe that when he was talking about the rock, he was talking about that he was going to build it on the foundation of Jesus, not Peter. He was going to build it on the rock that was, that Jesus was the Christ and the Messiah. So Peter knew exactly who was getting down in front of him. As much as he didn't understand it all, and as much as he was going <laughs> to, as much as he knew about Jesus, he was still telling him what he should and shouldn't do. So he, he didn't have it all right. But he understood the implications of him coming and washing his feet. And Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. So if I, I don't wash your feet, then, then you're not a part of this. <laughs> See, when Jesus says he's going um, to do something or he's wanting you to do something, um, you should just agree. When you hear uh, a little phrase that you hear me say a lot, I, I've kind of reworked it out of um, John 10, 27. Uh, my sheep know my voice. I know them. Uh, and they follow me. So I, I like this idea of that, you know, our goal here at REACH is to help you know God. And in knowing God, you'll learn to know His voice. And then in knowing His voice, you'll follow Him and no other. See, He just said, you'll never do this, and then He's, he's going he's gonna to go further. So verse 9, it says, Simon Peter said to Him, Lord... <laughs> Not only, uh, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. <laughs> like, not just there, just, you know, just wash me. And Jesus said to him, No one who is bathed, the one who has bathed, does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. He's talking about Judas here. See, what I, I think this is, and I'm going to give you opinions, and, and I want you to understand that when I'm preaching up here, when I'm reading the Word of God, that is the Word of God, which I'm doing. And then I make speculations. I make some are, you know, not really argued, but sometimes it's Heath's opinion. And you have to take Heath's opinion with a grain of salt and look at the Word and go, is this what it's saying? But I believe that what he's talking about here, as we wash our feet, when he's saying you're clean. There's this idea of justification that when you say yes to Jesus, when you, when you allow his blood to become your Passover, you've been clean. But the problem with that reality is that no one in this room, regardless of your justification, is spotless, is holy as he is holy, because we interact in a world that is filled with sin, and we still live in a body that is tempted, and we can step into things. That's why we need to clean our feet. Verse 11, 
It says, for he knew the one that would betray him. And that's why he said, not all of us is clean. Verse 12. It says, when he had washed their feet, he put on his outer garments and resumed his place. So he did the act of service, and then he got back into his position at the head of the table. And he said to them, do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you're right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Verse 18. I'm not speaking to all of you. I know whom I have chosen, but the scripture will be fulfilled. He who ate my bread was lifted, has lifted his heel against me. I'm telling you this now before it takes place, that when it takes place, you will believe that I am he. See, he was trying over and over again to get his disciples to not only confess, oh, yes, you are the Christ, you are the Messiah, but trust when it doesn't happen, because they still believed that Jesus was going to become an earthly ruler and king. They did not think that Jesus was going to send himself to the cross, allow himself to be killed. And as much as he said, I would return on the third day, they were not waiting outside the tomb for his return. They were scared. They were hiding. They were away. They wanted something else. And what he's telling them is when all of these happens, just like I say, just like he told Peter that you'll deny me three times after Peter had just said, if I have to die, I will. How would you like to tell the Lord? Lord, mm-mm, I'm with you to the end, regardless of what comes my way. If it is my death, I will do it. And the Lord would be like, really? Really? Because tonight... Tonight, in la- not like 10 years from now where you're like, oh, did I make that promise? I don't remember that promise. Within 12 hours, Peter did exactly what the Lord told him he would do. Verse 19, or 20, sorry. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever receives the one I send receives me, and whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. John 1, 12 says this, it says, But to all who did receive me, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. See, he was setting a people up that were willing to do the things that were necessary. And, and I know, I know, I, I've started, you know, I, I don't like bait and switch. I don't like being like, hey, we're going to get to the end of the story and I want something from you. I like telling you at the beginning I want you to hear all the words that I'm saying, that all of this doesn't mean that you must serve here at this church. It means that you must, as a child of God, be willing to serve Christ, regardless of what that means. We have great ministries in this city. We have lists of them, usually on our guest service tables. 
Brunswick Family Assistance is one of those. You can collect cans. You can go serve. Like my daughter yesterday went with some other people from our church um, to Mana Ministries, which is a ministry that once a month serves those in our community of need with giving them food. There are so many opportunities that we can get off our little high horse or get off our little, like, I'm above that and just serve. In the sweat and in the tears when there's nothing to be gained from it. So we have to change the way we think. We have to make it the way we think. We have to make the, this idea, because we can go here and be like, okay, Jesus wants to wash feet, and what does this not mean? It doesn't mean that you go to Walmart with a bucket of water and a towel that's draped around you. That's just weird. I mean, like if the Lord tells you do it, Okay, but like, I don't think this is what he's talking about. I think what he's talking about here is, are you willing to serve even if it means that you'll get no praise? See, the person up here that that speaks, if they do a good job, they may get praise. I may get praise like, oh, great job, pastor. If if the worship team, amazing, gets up here and they, they kill it and like, that was a great song, man, your voice was great and that... I always want to call it a, it is a violin. Where's my that? Uh, or is it a violin? Viola. Mm. Viola, like killing it. And, and you can go like, man, serving the Lord gets praise. But are you willing to serve in a capacity that no one would ever know your name nor praise you for the things that you do? That, that's what he's talking about. Are you willing to get dirty? Because let me tell you, and I'm going to get into this a little bit, I think the feet that Jesus is talking about cleaning is the family. I think it means, hey, every one of us is going to mess up. Every one of us is going to get mud in our face and poop on our feet. And we need other brothers and sisters to be gracious and willing enough to clean. To, to get there. See, what Jesus didn't do is like, my gosh, Peter, like how many times did you step in poop on the way here? Like, can you not see these big clumps of it in between your toes? Like, you know, he didn't belittle every single person. Like, how could, how could you do this? Knowing, knowing that I was going to wash your feet. Well, they didn't know that he was going to wash his feet. Jesus knew, and maybe he was watching as they go. He watched every time they stepped in the muddy, dirty, pee, pooped, whatever. He didn't. He just cleaned it. And I I believe the cleaning that has to go on is the giving of grace and mercy. It, It isn't. It isn't. And Jesus never did this. As he interacted with people, he didn't say, it's no big deal, just keep stepping in poop. Most people that he interacted with, that he dealt with, that people would say, oh, they're a sinner, he would have this conversation. He would go and sin no more. Because he understood what that sin cost the person. See, he loved them so much that he wanted them clean, not just so that they'd be clean and so that he wouldn't be like, that's the embarrassing kid that I got. He wanted them clean because he knew that their cleanliness, their holiness, made them whole. And that sin erodes our wholeness. Sin robs us of our ability 
to connect with the Father. Sin robs our ability to connect and have good relationships with other people. And so what I think he's calling us to is to be willing to get on their level. And not in judgment, but in grace, speak the words of truth. Jesus actually talks about this in another section. I think it was in one of the epistles. He talks about being washed clean with the word. And I believe this is partially what that's talking about. Not to beat them up with a Bible verse, but speaking the grace over them. Every one of us, every one of us have something right now that we're ashamed of, that we haven't confessed to another person, and it's in us. It may not be something big. It may be something really little. But Jesus is like, hey, don't let those things ruin What's going on with you? Be willing. Listen to this. Changing the way you think. Philippians chapter 2, which is a great study. If you want the rest of Philippians, you should sign up for that. They don't pay me extra, though. If you are a small group leader and you want me to highlight, you know, I have, I have gift cards that I, you know, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, please don't. Please don't. Um, verse 5, chapter 2, it says, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God to be a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking on the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Philippians is saying, hey, have this mind about you, You know, you're not just doing the things because you don't want to embarrass the other people. You're doing the things because you're thinking about the Savior. You're thinking about what Jesus has done for you for that last time. And and not to shame you, not to belittle you, because He wants you whole. Proverbs, and I think this is actually a different translation than I normally do. It might be King James. Um, Proverbs 23, 7, the first section of it, it says... For as he thinketh in his heart, so he is. See, what you think, this isn't just like, okay, I'm going to be good when the foot washing time is here. This means you, we have to let this be what we are, this, what's in our heart. So we think in our heart, we've got to understand who Christ is. Live in that grace. See, when we learn to live low, <clears throat> Because out of that, and I don't like this word, but I'm going to use the word, out of that comes happiness. And I don't like that word because happiness is usually tied to a thing. Like I'm happy because I have a house that's, you know, I get to live in. I'm happy because I have money in the bank. I'm happy because I bought this thing on Amazon. I'm happy because I have this car. I'm ha- it's usually tied to a thing that can be taken away and then our happiness goes with it. So always, almost always when I'm talking biblically about it, I attach it to the word that I think it really is which is joy, joyful. And we're blessed. Remember in verse 17, we just read a second, it goes, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. So keep your feet clean. Just because you're a child of God doesn't mean that you don't have dirty feet. Sin is part of life, and we step in it all the time. We need help. We need to help each other Clean our feet. 1 John uh, chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. 
If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I believe that we clean our own feet through confession and repentance. I'm going to invite our worship team up. Look, the beauty of it is, if you look at the text that we read today, because Jesus said that if, if, you've, if you've seen me, if you've heard me, you've seen and heard the Father. And so if you struggle with issues of what you think the Father would think about you or his willingness to interact with you, I need you to understand that when Jesus got on his knees and cleaned feet, he was demonstrating and he was in the you know, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. He's part of the Trinity. He, in fact, was demonstrating that God was willing to come to your level. He, he, he didn't separate them saying, hey, buddy, if you'll clean some of that off, I'll come and clean the rest. And I think some of us are missing the gospel. We're missing the grace of Jesus because we feel like I've got to correct this. I've got to fix this. I've got to start behaving better. And then God will take me. No, God wants you right where you're at. Not to keep you there, but to free you from it. And I just encourage you today, and maybe today and and thinking about this is bringing some fresh stuff to your brain that you're just like, man, I feel soiled. I feel dirty. I don't feel worthy. And I think to some extent that is a really good way to think and feel because if, if you think on the other end of that spectrum that you deserve God's grace and that you've earned God's grace, you'll be the elder brother that is sitting outside of the party looking in and going, why? Why are you letting them in? You'll sit on the outside and miss an opportunity. So I, I don't want you to beat yourself up, but I also don't want you to think you're the best person in the room. Um, probably if you think you're the best person in the room, you're probably the worst. Because Jesus didn't live like that. He didn't think like that. Uh, and he was God. And he put that aside to come and interact with us. And so I just encourage you as we close this out, if there's things in your life that is soiled you, confess and repent. And actually, we have a, a little banner in the back with a light right behind it. It says prayer. There's going to be people back there. Um, one of the other scriptures that talk about this, it says we confess our sins one to the other so that we can be healed. And there, there's a grace and mercy when we come to people that are doing what Jesus did. We're there to clean feet. And you just say, this is where I'm at, and this is what's going on, and I just need prayer right now because I don't want to live like this. I don't want to be in this position. As we sing this last song, I just encourage you, if there's things in your life that you're like, I am, I'm messing up, I'm a wreck, there's things that if you knew what was going on, people around me knew what was going on, they wouldn't like me or want to be near me, and I just want to say that that is not Jesus. Jesus is saying, come to me, sons and daughters so that I can set you free because where the spirit of the Lord is there's freedom and that's what the offer is on the table Jesus is ready to get 
not only to cleanse you, to justify you as you believe and trust in Him, but He's also willing to cleanse you from all sin. Why does He, why does he want to do that? Because He calls us into this idea of being His child. Where we get to call Him uh, Abba Father, literally means Daddy. This intimate way of just saying, Father, and I just encourage you your own words today just to say God here I am the mess I don't want to be I don't want to be in this place so I'm going to pray for us we're going to worship together and as you exit here um, don't don't run by those tables and I'm not talking about signing up to serve and you can do that if you want but I'm talking about all those tables out there with community groups life happens and life transformation happens in community so don't, as uncomfortable it may be, whatever, don't stop by those. Some of the leaders are going to be out there. Ask questions. Get some fellowship. Get in the Word and get some people around you. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, um, I thank you. I thank you that you included this. I thank you that you showed us how to live and how to serve. And Lord, first and foremost, I pray that we would see, receive the cleansing that you give us through your blood and through your sacrifice. And Lord, I pray that you would change us today. Lord, that you would clean our feet. That you would show us the devastation that sin is making in our life. That we would not allow ourselves to be friendly Show us through your Holy Spirit, Lord, what you want to do in us. And Lord, today, right now, I just ask for those that want freedom that it would be freely given. Lord, we trust in you. And where we don't, Lord, I pray like that we'd be humble enough like the Father that said, I, I believe, but help me with my unbelief. Lord, I pray over that unbelief that's sitting inside of us, that you would bring us to a place of trusting you. Lord, thank you for the salvation that you offer freely to those who trust in you. So, Lord, don't allow us to not humble ourselves in this moment, to step out of areas that are hurting us and into the freedom that you desire for us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today on the Reach Community Church Podcast. We'd love to have you join us next Sunday. You can learn more about our mission at reachcommunitychurch.com.